Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we implore the mayor to evacuate the town because Dante's Peak is bubbling and it's about to blow. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Slops, presented by RevengeTheFans.com. Tonight we are taking a trip down 90s nostalgia lane to the days when men were men and volcanoes were sprouting up not only in sleepy rural towns but in the middle of Los Angeles. Yes, the good old days of dueling meteorites and less brooding James Bond. It's 1997's Dante's Peak. Before we begin, along with me, as always, are Captain Cash. Hey, everybody. And hailing from Harry Dalton's breast pocket of his volcanologist shirt, Chumpzilla. Howdy, listeners. Is a volcanologist shirt fundamentally different than an everyday scientist shirt? I don't know. Absolutely. He had a lot Absolutely. of pockets. So. It's, and it's lava proof and acid Ooh. proof. Yeah. Good call. It's also chemistry with Linda Hamilton proof. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oof. And this week we have a special guest, a big, big fan of Dante's Peak. The only this movie's one fantastic. in human existence. So sorry. It is so Stick. Sorry. Not Daredevil's trainer, but Stick. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, good listeners, all 12 of you. I am Stick, or Mayor McCheese, from the last episode, and I will be the one on this podcast supporting this fantastic movie. It is something. I don't know if Need fantastic is Someone in the corner of the movie. <laughs> yep. It's always good to have a fan. So, uh, <laughs> Dante's Peak, released in 1997. It grossed $178 million worldwide. Budget was about $116 million, so it might have made money. Maybe not. Not a flop. Uh, and it was not well-reviewed. 28% on Rotten Tomatoes with 31 reviews. Now, besides that, let's get into the meat of it. Because this is a Pierce Brosnan vehicle, the yep. one and only. It is starring him, Pierce, shaken, not stirred Brosnan, as Harry It Dalton. might be the most Brosnan you vehicle, if you think about it, because James Bond wasn't really a vehicle for him. That's James Bond. What okay, else gonna, has Brosnan been involved with? I'm going to cut in. I'm going to cut in right now because this is right in Brosnan's wheelhouse. And it really is. He hams this up. There's so much glasses chewing and scientific looks in this movie. You know he's going for it. This is Remington Steel Pierce Brosnan at his <laughs> maximum fullest. Yeah. He was taking this like 110% serious. I am yes, the thinking man's action star, Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan's, Brosnan's going for a 10 and Linda Hamilton's like doing a maybe two or three. She's Linda Hamilton's like, fuck you, pay me. I was in T2. Yeah, she's She's so tight. Like, she definitely owns a coffee shop in this acting career hierarchy. <laughs> so, she's just tired and like, oh. There's I'm a so... story that Brosnan was so serious about getting, like, the science of this movie right that he did that line, <laughs> it's a pyroclastic cloud, like, in the mirror over and over again because he didn't want to sound stupid doing it. But turns out... He sounded stupid, dude. <laughs> as he as he's yelling it in the car, that yeah. his wheels were okay. We're gonna get there. Yeah, but we're yeah. Gonna get there. 
Who else is in this thing? Uh, so the aforementioned Linda, if I can best a machine, I can certainly best hot magma Hamilton as Rachel Wando, the mayor of the sleepy rural town. Charles, that's my head crawling around the floor, Hallahan as Paul Dreyfus. He is Harry Dalton's boss. You have Elizabeth Too Hot in the Hot Tub Hoffman as Grandma Ruth. She's a real bitch. And then Brian, the requisite asshole, ready as Les Worrell. And then there's some kids and some other people and uh, a lot of miniatures that get destroyed. Okay, am I the only one that thought the little girl was Newt? Yes, because yes, that was you are alone. Aliens came out about fifteen years before this, so uh, Newt yeah, would but, be a grown woman. Yeah. Like, like 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 seventeen, but I'm like I kept thinking I knew her for something. I'm like, oh, she's new, and I'm like, oh, that can't be. This is 1997, not 1987. Forget well, her. Wait till we wait till we get to the haircut conversation. Yeah, we've the already son, had once or twice. The son, as we texted back and forth, looks exactly like who? McCheese. Uh, he looks exactly like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. He's dying. Yes. Yes. Yes, he does. That was going to be my next joke. He does absolutely look like he he is uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt's brother. JGL Hamilton's baby. haircut. Yeah, I'm convinced that JGL lost out on this role. Like, there's no ch- like JGL was acting at this point. He was in Third Rock from the Sun. There is no way he didn't at least read for Dante's Peak. We're going to tweet at that dude and be like, hey, hey, hey. You, you auditioned for Dante's Peak? Yeah, question. Uh, well, I mean, now, now's you... the time to ask him. Be like, hey, you're not busy. Just a real quick question. Did you possibly read for Dante's Peak and have Linda Hamilton's haircut? I and mean, I'm sure he'd be like, yeah, we definitely did. In like the mid-90s. That happened, right? I have zero doubt he did. And then after losing out to this kid, he just market corrected the shit out of him. And he's like, you'll never get another role from me again. <laughs> and, and, and was that Linda Hamilton trying to do the Rachel there? Is that, is that what that was? Yeah. yeah. With the haircut. I, was that the Rachel? There was bangs, weren't there? Uh, I, didn't watch yeah. enough, I didn't watch enough Friends to be uh, on point with that, but it definitely disseminates to a lot of characters. Her hair is her kid's hair. <laughs> It's it's almost it like they're, they all sat down in the chair and they're like, you know, it'd be cool if we had all the same haircut. Well, I mean, maybe they were trying to save money. Maybe they had one dresser on site and they were like, just cut them all the same. So the point I, where I, I know how to cut one head of hair and I'm going to do it for at least four of these actors. It's a good thing she didn't get to Harry Dalton. I mean, he looks so good in this movie. He did look very good. Listen, Linda, you're the mayor. Uh, is it cool if you just wear chucks because we ran out of money? What clothes do you have that we can use on this? Okay, let's get okay. back to... So, the movie was directed by Roger Donaldson, uh, who you may know because he's done some pretty big films, like Species. That's his uh, f- most horny movie after this one, I'm, being the second I'm cutting horniest. In, I'm cutting in here because I hope you guys realize during the opening credits, it mentions him twice. Oh, yeah. It's a Roger Donaldson film. Directed and then by it Roger says Donaldson. directed by Roger Donaldson. <laughs> Just in case you forgot. Uh, that was in a contract somewhere, almost certainly. He did Cocktail, and he did yep. uh, 13 Days, which actually, I mean, he's done some good movies, and 13 Days is legitimately a good movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. You guys all love Species. You were in the right age group to love Species. Uh, I'm, no comment. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think I've ever actually seen Species. You're a liar. Absolutely. Everybody's I've only seen, I've only seen Species 2. Get out. 
We'll call you. <laughs> we'll call you after the pod. Yeah. Uh, so before we enter the epicenter of this unholy disaster of a disaster movie, uh, let's get a few points of order. You can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Hops and Bo Flops. You can find myself at Writer TLK. Captain Cash, where can they find you? Find me on most of your social media as C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H. You can find uh, Chumpzilla wandering around in the uh, sex hot springs looking for his shorts. (laughs) And McCheese, if you want to plug your social media, go ahead. I'm not a big social media man, but I am going to say that I am the real turn investor that ran away from Dante Speak. I mean, good call, honestly, as it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that guy cut his losses pretty hard. It was like yeah, no. 10 well, minutes he, before well, the entire town was eaten. <laughs> made the you right also, decision. You don't, you don't realize, unless you pay attention, that he was one of the dipshits that got on the helicopter that crashed immediately because it was just sucking up volcano no! ash. No! <laughs> no! I mean, those guys had it coming, let's be honest. In the, yeah, in very the pantheon true. of the deaths in this movie, I was really happy when that copter goes down. Oh, no, that that dude definitely had a coven. The only position I am bringing to this particular pod is that I feel like this was meant to be an R-rated film that they just chickened out on. Well, uh, I don't agree with when that. When it comes to the deaths, we'll like get, we'll get we'll get into it, they could be way more gruesome they're not. And exactly. I mean, we'll we'll get into it in the first 5 minutes. That's yeah. fair. Let's get let's go let's get through the start of the pod. Yeah. All right. And all right. Uh, tonight we were drinking uh Pompeii IPA from Toppling Goliath Brewing Company. Can't get much more appropriate than that. Uh, Because Pompeii, of course, is the site of the infamous 79 AD Mount Vesuvius eruption that killed a shitload of people. So, cheers. So I get into that not to bring the pod down on uh, (laughs) terrible shit that happened thousands of years ago. I mean, if we're gonna read off the uh, off the can, it is a it's a nice mango and hoppy IPA with a medium body feel and tantalizing for the senses. Tantalizing. That's on the can. Yes, I appreciate from, that. From, from from Iowa. Nothing says uh, Iowa mango like mm-hmm. scorched human flesh. Ooh. <laughs> and Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, Iowa definitely speaks of scorched human flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, before we tackle the plot, how would you describe this movie in one sentence? We shall begin with Mayor McCheese. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I actually wrote this up. Okay, here we go. Heartthrob Harry Dalton learns how to love again through the easily avoidable destruction of the second blessed place to live, under 20K, and the must-deserved death of his dickhead boss. <laughs> oh, Dreyfus. <laughs> that, that checks out. Uh, Chumpzilla. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see here. This is actually one sentence this time. <clears throat> Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton star in an awkward but boring rom-com interrupted about an hour in by an impromptu game of The Floor is Lava. <laughs> <laughs> I like Not that. Not bad. Not bad. And uh, Captain Cash. Okay, it's Jaws, but what if instead of a shark, a volcano? Yes, exactly. Uh, this does follow a lot of familiar beats of Jaws, although it's pretty much every disaster movie. Just insert whatever natural disaster it is. Uh, my one-sentence description, and I'll have to preface this with that, when I looked this up, 
Dante's Peak apparently got its name from Dante's Inferno. So Dante's well, Peak... Yeah, obviously, uh, right? Not, not even necessary. Not even the same uh, category. And as we know, uh, Dante's Inferno is about a journey into hell. And that mo- and this movie is exactly that. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> wow. You know, I, I had an alternative take on this. Uh, I was also going to say this could be, you know, uh, spun off as... Uh, National Lampoon's vacation with a volcano. I mean, I can see that. It's a road trip movie. Grandma dies. I mean, is it a road trip? It's a, it's an escape. Yeah. Because they don't ever actually. I mean, they eventually leave Dante's Peak. Uh, I mean, there's car stuff. A lot of the movie happens in. A lot of the exciting parts of the movie happen in a car or a boat. Yeah, or a boat. We're so it's get like, there. so it's kind of like speed and speed two with a volcano or a helicopter. Really, there are a lot of means of conveyance, lots for which lots. there are exciting action scenes. Uh, yeah. So the actual description, <clears throat> according to IMDb, is a volcanologist arrives at a countryside town, recently named the second most desirable place to live in America, now under twenty k, and discovers that the long dormant volcano, seven thousand years to be exact, right. Dante's Peak may wake up at any moment. That's about right. So that really is the description. But we're going to go through this film bit by bit. We're going to. I have some questions as we describe what occurs in this movie. So let us begin. Columbia. Harry Dalton is <laughs> fleeing a city in the midst of a volcanic eruption. He stops to pick up his partner Marianne as, the, and as they're escaping, a hot rock penetrates her skull. Sizzling her brain and Dalton's chance at love. And TV this is out. where I TV immediately decided time, this thing wants an R rate. No, and this is where I immediately disagree with you because if a hot rock can penetrate the roof of, let's say, a Land Rover. Fuck, they were driving. What? She had a fucking bloody nose and she was shivering. Like, her skull would have been obliterated if this is an R yeah. movie. It, That's it, what I'm saying, though. Like they very deliberately cut away from what it, what is you are meant to intuit is the rock penetrates the roof of the truck. There and, would be nothing left of her head. I I'm down for her her head just exploding and Brosnan looking over like what the fuck. Yeah, what, let's say again that would make this better film if they have just gone for it and went full on bloody. I, I would have been like this whole this whole scene is set up specifically because it is a cold open to give you action because the first fifty four minutes well, of this film is the peak not erupting. It's, yeah. supposed, no to, shit it's, it's supposed to show science. you what volcanoes are capable of. Let's get right. down to brass tacks here. Yeah, so they're capable I, of ruining I true love. What <laughs> we need to see here, Mister Wizard, I need you to get on this, man. You need to cut this scene with a shot from Ch- Chopping Mall when that chick's head explodes. Yes. That's what that's what we need. That, we need the chick from Chopping Mall. Blech. That's what this movie was asking for. You're absolutely right. Let's be honest here. No way this movie ever gets an R rating because it wants no. to be a summer blockbuster, even though it was released in February because it was desperate to come out before Tommy Lee Jones's Volcano. <laughs> And it came out what a, two months later. Came out like uh, in April. Also it's yeah, a like Pierce Brosnan. Later. It's a Pierce Brosnan vehicle. It's not going hard R. Yeah. No. Listen, so, I understand that. I'm just saying somewhere there is a cut of Dante's Peak that is a 
hard R that I would like yeah. to see. And it and it involves her head being non-existent and Pierce Brosnan screaming like crazy, going, ah shit. <laughs> at at very least, there's a shot of whatever is supposed to happen to her head happen to her head. Because there's a great discretion shot. I'm I'm pretty sure it was in Chopping Mall. We'll we'll talk more about it, but there are some scenes in here that are strange to have in a PG-13 movie. Uh, But we'll get there. So fast forward four years. Dalton's boss, Paul Dreyfus, informs him that that Dante's Peak is seeing some activity, and it's best he go investigate. But not before Dalton does the worst series of push-ups I've ever seen on film. Can we all... Let's all just agree right now that they were the worst push-ups in history. They were not good. And the only purpose of them is to show you that he's like emotionally scarred from his girlfriend's head having a hot rock in the middle of it. <laughs> all right. Possibly hating his boss, maybe. I don't know. But like he's doing half push-ups while listening to a voicemail or a you know a message being left. And you're like, dude, just pick up the phone. Who gives a shit? Okay. Let's just be clear. That was peak angsty 90s something that's that was character development in the 90s he was angry and working out yeah that's fair he is aggressively sweating for someone not doing an actual exercise and they never fully explain what this charm is around his neck my wife brought this up a couple times last night she's like does that mean is that with his last wife and i was like i have no fucking clue they never explain it it's a piece of the hot rock he fished out of her brain (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, is, is that the crystal he hands to the kids was that- no the kid had the crystal yeah oh, okay. like i had this when i was a kid i mean they focus on it just enough during the push-up scene when you're like well i mean i guess that might mean mean something, something. yeah Listen, no, they also focus on pierce brosnan's tight 97 butt during the push-up scene but i don't think it means anything other than pierce brosnan's butt i'm not are you complaining you know what it means ladies are gonna come see this movie that's true yeah Sorry, I'm sorry that Pierce. I'm sorry that Pierce Brosnan's bringing some hot ass and great hair to this film. In in time, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. That means that ladies and Mary McCheese are going to come see this movie. Yeah, they know multiple, their audience. Multiple times, I've rented this twice in the last two weeks. Why do I feel like during the second rewatch, you played that scene at like one fourth frames per second, just like <laughs> soaking it all in? I can invite our whole family down here to discuss Dante Speak. I made them all watch it last night. <laughs> that, that might be considered a war crime, you know, in some places. So uh, back to the plot. Dalton arrives to the town as Mayor Rachel Wando is receiving the award for the second best place to live, population under 20,000. I'm not sure what the uh, requisites for this were, but... I have a question about this because this does not seem like it would ever be named the second most desirable place to live in America. The mayor works at a coffee shop. I don't want to dwell on it too long. It's under 20K people. I mean, it's a close town kind of knit feel. Yeah, that's fair. They could could win the award. The the mayor has an excellent point here because being under 20,000 people for a population, that's a pretty big qualifier. I feel like you're really narrowing the field there. So... You know, it's it's plus, I mean, it's the most 90s thing that the Seattle, like the Seattle adjacent mayor owns a coffee shop. Here's my question. There's 7000 people in this town. Yep. 7000. And by the end, they're all invited to the high school gymnasium to be told to evacuate. Zero chance in hell 
that a town of 7,000 has a high school gymnasium large enough for everybody in the town. That's well, besides I mean, the point. We, we have a lot to cover before we get to yeah. that part. That's a good point. All right. Well, I, I think, it, but you got you got to remember about that time though cell phones weren't ubiquitous and the internet wasn't ubiquitous so you have to get yeah the population and gym size aside you still had to pull people together it could have been done over the radio yeah i don't know but i kind of had an issue with that but at the same time it it makes sense in the 90s it doesn't make it makes like less sense now back then i don't think you would have questioned that as much in the movie well I think we're getting too. I think we're getting too far into yeah, yeah. ourselves. I think let's, I think we yeah, need let's... to go in this in order because I actually have a question okay. in hand. That's fair for for a certain point where I want to ask it. So, thunderous wizard, keep going. Okay, so Wando, <laughs> Wando and Dalton meet. Their eyes lock. Cue the like sexual healing music that doesn't actually exist, but you can feel it. There's like a palpable energy that these two will then spend the rest of the movie making eyes at each other, and you will not once believe that they would ever hook up, but that's the movie. They are the male and female lead of the movie. Is that not how it works? Question mark. So she takes Dalton around, he measures some pH levels, and they're hanging out, he meets her kids, he meets the bitch of a grandma. They're (laughs) going to go down, they're hanging around, they go down to the hot springs, they're going to take a swim. All of a sudden, wait a minute, two two hikers that were going to have sex have been burned alive by the hot spring. Which happened yes. before all this. Yes. Which is my other indicator that this whole thing was meant to be an R. There is very much a scene where the hikers get naked and there's no reason why we don't see at least somebody's butt. No, uh, you, you don't, you don't see anything. So it's that, that's the reason why it's not a hard R. No. Uh, you see, you there's, see there's the no floating corpses. It, no, yeah, you see the butts. You see the floating yeah, corpses. You see, the, the, you see, the butts you see a the, sort of floating yeah, corpse later. That's and, not and, a hard R. And you totally skip over the two dead squirrels being eaten by maggots. Um, also speaks of a hard R. You don't show maggots and de- decay if you're not like get out of here. angling for that. I'm not going to give that well, one to you. You don't I'm show maggots if you're squirrels. angling for a PG-13. They're bugs this big. You can't see this, but they're not very big. Hold on, I'm going to give Captain Cash partial credit here because I feel like there was a weird uh, Camp Crystal Lake vibe there for a second. There you really was. Dead, you got dead wildlife. You got dead horny people. Uh, it's like uh, you got the grandma uh, who has probably murdered someone. Yes. Yeah. No, she no. she might be Jason Voorhees' other grandma. She, yes. she might be his paternal grandmother. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on. Moving on. Uh, so I do have a question about the corpses. Uh, Dalton saves the little boy, fake Joseph Gordon-Levitt, from jumping in. And uh, I just don't understand. How is this not a bigger deal that two naked hikers have been... Have been so, boiled alive. alive in acid. Yeah. Uh, that, so, to me, that's a, that's a huge red flag. Like, oh, we got, we got acid baths. Like, that, that means all water and all water in this area could, in fact, be acid. And I'm like, that, that seems like it could be a problem. Like, so this somebody is, should yeah, probably look it, into that. This is a this is a conversation that we had last night, and I don't know where to interject this into the uh, podcast, but there are, from what we came up as a family, at least five points where this whole thing could have been avoided. This whole volcano nonsense destroying this entire town and locking Harry Dalton and his friends in an underground cave could have been avoided. And this is definitely point number one. 
where they find two boiled humans on the side of a hill, and they're like, oh, shit, you usually don't find boiled humans on the side of a hill. Um, it might be worth looking at. <laughs> yeah. So Agreed. Uh, I don't know if we want to go into the other five, because they kind of play through our conversations, but yeah, I don't it, we'll, point we'll deal out. with them as they come up. Yeah, we'll okay. mark it. When, there's yeah. def there's definitely more than one because this is this movie is an allegory for what we're currently going through, but this is stop number one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, this this movie is strangely topical. When, uh, yeah, this like you go, you find some boiled humans, and then at the minimum, it's not like Harry Dalton was like, "Hey, you got to evacuate." Um, super sexy. He was like, "Maybe we just call a town meeting," and and his boss, total dickhead Trump, was like. Uh, you can't do that. They're gonna lose money. Uh, Don't off. freak and, him out, man. <laughs> yeah. a, couple, a couple boiled people's not a big deal. He's like, like tons guys, of dead squirrels. I've and been through this people. before. It'll be worse for their economy if we get people scared. And it's like two people were cooked in your hot spring like rotisserie chickens. It might be time to further investigate why the hot spring is killing horny hikers. At at the same time, like I don't you know I don't want to downplay that, but it doesn't give Harry enough time to learn how to love again, <laughs> True. which is like the big thing here. Like he's got to he has he's got to come over for some eggplant parmesan. Obviously, he's got to learn how to do the magic trick and teach Joseph Gordon Levitt how to make the needle move. Like that's a big thing in this movie. <laughs> that was a uh, metaphor for his penis, by the way. Oh, whoa, whoa, settle down. Um, well, because there's a lot of things. Hey! There are a lot of things happening here, but this, yeah, this whole movie could have been avoided at least five or six times, and this podcast would have been five to seven minutes long. Yeah. You wouldn't have a movie. Well, Why did that happen? Because if it didn't, you wouldn't have a movie. And just remember, in every good disaster movie, it always starts with a scientist being ignored. That's true. Yeah, that's that's Kinda how it always and, works uh, out. You got the one, you got the one dork with his clipboard. Um, maybe and they're like, ah, screw you, nerd. All right, well, yeah. As we as we plug along, thunderous wizard, yeah. where are we at? The incident yeah, does keep us going. Uh, begin our ramp up to the big blow of Dante's Peak. All right, Dreyfus well, the, and the hold team on. show TV up. timeout. There's there's several, but yes, yeah. keep going. So Dreyfus pulls a power move. He tells the council, hey. You know, we can't worry about this. We can't spook the town just yet. Harry, he tells Harry, go home. Like, you need a vacation. Not because... No, no. He, he doesn't just... No, he doesn't tell him to go home. He basically says, take two weeks of leave. Yeah, like, no. beat it. Like, no. that's very, very clear. He's just like, your he services kinda, aren't needed. Take a blow. Kind of sort of fires him. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah. Not completely, but a little. Yeah, it's indicated like he take two weeks it, and we'll think about bringing you back. But it's that it's that dick bag power move where you're like, hey, you were wrong, get out of here. Yeah, but also possibly and, stay around. And I, <laughs> and I get it in the context of the movie, but it seems like a weird escalation. It seems like that like they don't have enough back and forth for him to instantly go like, oh, and you're fired, you're a loose cannon, Dalton. No, it didn't make any sense because it's very quickly establish that Harry is by far the best person that works at this geological survey and yeah. he tells him to go home like immediately but Harry the ever vigilant angry and horny refuses to leave the town so as the team begins to investigate more troubling signs emerge uh, Dreyfus still being an obstructionary dickbag refuses to make any measures 
even after Terry Furlong, which is one of the team members played by Kurt Trutner, is nearly crushed to death and breaks his leg atop the mountain. It seems all is well till old horny Harry Dalton goes in for the nightcap at Mayor Wando's and finds that the water tap is tainted. The peak is ready to blow like Harry's libido. <laughs> so, so this is one of my questions, and this goes back to your five times this could have been avoided. He goes to her house for a nightcap, discovers the water's tainted, goes to his boss, shows him the water's tainted, and then they wait what could be upwards of 15, 16 hours to gather the townsfolk the next day for the meeting. If they waited five hours, it still gives them 10 hours to evacuate the town. If they waited 10, they have five hours. And that's kind of the running bullshit of this movie that gets me in trouble. Because, again, I'm going to circle back and admit that I, I fucking love this movie. I, it, it makes no sense. I can't help myself. I like. I, it's one of those guilty pleasures. And I was trying to explain it to my wife. Like, when we, when me and the Thunderous Wizard were freshmen in college, I had this on DVD. And I used to fall asleep to it on the television. I'm sure that's why we're doing this podcast right now. But... Like, like, they could have ended this at the boiled bodies. They could have ended this when his boss wasn't a complete dickhead. Um, they could have ended this when, I mean, there was something that happened between the gross water situation and this. But even still, they, I mean, like, call a town meeting when you find the gross water. They found the gross water on, like, let's say Saturday night. And then they called the town meeting for Sunday at 7.30 p.m. It's a town of 7,000 people. You can drive them all out of there before then. It's not terribly hard. You're just sitting around waiting to get murdered by a volcano. And what I didn't get about the tainted water is shouldn't like every toilet in town being be flushing brown at that point yeah, like it, yeah. how why is did, how is how is dalton the first guy to notice the water's poo poo i didn't know like, i feel like everyone should have figured that out at some point yeah. that whole time you don't you don't have to wait 16 hours or whatever for for that to become common knowledge the whole and town's it, it, water should have been poo it feels like a town, right they'll have stank water at that point the whole well, town had stank town water it, for 12 hours in a town of 7,000, the first person that finds shit water flowing out of their tap is going to call everyone and be like Hey, this is really gross, and they're gonna know pretty quickly. Yeah. What's your water yeah. doing? Is it? Is it? Yeah, hey, Cletus, check, does it check smell like sulfur? Is your water boiling and brown and smell like sulfur? Is it huh, acid? Yeah. All of us. It is. Yeah, probably not a good idea. It is the Thanks. most illogical scene in the movie uh, to wait that long. But then, if you didn't wait that long, then we wouldn't have gotten all the glorious death that we got. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, uh, and, and honestly, I mean, maybe they were just, you know, the people running the town were the same folks that ran Flint. I mean, who knows? Yeah. In the long run, it's a movie. We need to see some people die yeah, or, or else Amity it's or, no or one Flint, to Michigan. See a town either either or. Like, and then they came back. Okay. So literally, they hold, they hold this meeting at the town high school that they waited at the very least eight extra hours to hold. Dante's Peak begins erupting as they're oh, holding oh, the oh. meeting. As we're talking about this, remember the scene where the police officer is going around in the car announcing the meeting from his bullhorn. <laughs> it was the 90s, man. It was the 90s. Let hey, it that, that was Twitter for the time, bro. That was Twitter for the time. He could have easily been going around going, hey, just just go. Everyone leave for a bit for like three days. 
It's literally if we're going to quarantine, hey, for 44, come we're quarantining check out on forty-four hey. days now. Dante's Peak could have left for two weeks easily. Uh, so Dante's Peak begins erupting earthquakes, volcanoes, the whole deal. The dead rising from the grave, human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Anyway, everyone is fleeing. Dalton and the mayor go back for her kids, who they have told to stay home. And those assholes have inexplicably stolen the mom's car and headed for Grandma Ruth's because Grandma Ruth, who loves nature, insists the mountain would never hurt us. TV timeout. This is where I am going to interject that Grandma Ruth is the villain of this movie. This is another one of my hinges. If she would have just stayed home or stayed at the bottom of the mountain, they would have all gotten away. But instead, she decided to go to the top of the mountain like an asshole. And those kids followed her and then everyone followed her. And then they had to do what we're going to talk about in a minute. But if she just stayed home, they would have all left and no one would have died. In times of disaster, kids, ignorance kills. Stay home. Yes. Uh, And I do have a question about Wando, the Wando children, because at this point, uh, they've already proven themselves to be quite annoying. Are they just not an unfortunate victim of Darwinism? <laughs> no, y- you should not do that question. It's Did a the joke. Children deserve to die? No, it's a joke. Well, no, I, I think it's a good point. I mean, I, I think that in the hard R version of this movie, those kids suffer a horrible death trying to get to Grandma, and then Grandma comes out like all like you know distraught when she finds the burnt corpses of the children, and then has to make her way back to the bottom of the mountain has to tell uh, Dalton and, and mayor, the, the mayor that I'm sorry, but the kids didn't make it, you know, like this, this movie could have ended this dark as the mist. That's all I'm saying. If grandma Ruth was as badass as she thinks she is, she would have skied down the fucking lava with the children in tow on like her shoulders. Instead, she just sits in her house. Anyway, they find grandma just in the nick of time. And of course the mayor, Rachel and Dalton make their way up the mountain as well as lava comes bursting through her cabin. They can't go back down the road because it is now inaccessible. Also, the dickhead who doesn't want to evacuate the town dies in a helicopter crash, which we mentioned earlier. Now, the lake, (laughs) which they have to escape through, has essentially become a pool of acid, and it begins chewing through the boat. Well, let's, let's back up. They all climb into this boat and apparently the motor works and they start motoring across this lake that is 100% acid and then halfway through they start realizing that oh shit acid eats metal and we're just churning along and then oh no the prop gets eaten up and Harry Dalton pulls up the prop there's no prop left there's still a bunch of motor and metal left but no prop and to try to get them to the finish line Harry Dalton does what thunderous wizard he lets the grandmother jump no out. No, <laughs> no before that no, he does no, something no, else no 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 before that before that he wraps his arm in what would appear to be a sweater or a jacket and starts using his arm to push them through the water yeah. instead of like taking off a shoe and paddling or maybe disconnecting the motor and paddling with that you're right he wraps his arm in a wool sweater. Now, I would like to go um, to our resident expert here and find out what happens uh, when you put cloth in acid. I mean, acid that will eat through metal? 
Yes. I mean, probably, probably it also disintegrates. Yeah, I think it's really inconsistent in terms of how <laughs> the grandmother ends up after her exposure to the acid and what we clearly see with Harry splashing himself as he's paddling. Well, like his whole arm should have been scarred like Thanos style after the snap uh, so, uh, after I that mean, paddling. I, well, at least what we're starting with here is that, OK, that the boat sort of dies in the water. I mean, I guess it I mean. From the looks of it on on film, it seems to keep moving. But uh, so what his, I can say his, here is, hold on, his his arm would have totally started to have been chewed apart. From he should have had it. some wounds. Yeah. Um, what I will say is, I think that is somewhat accurate in a weird way, in that I believe the metal used for the propellers is typically soft um, compared to like the drive shaft and like maybe the hull of the boat because that way when the prop like smacks stuff the, the it, it it bends and breaks it you know the, the the prop is meant to be a little bit softer than the rest of it so if that comes into contact with something it fails and it doesn't foul the engine of the drive shaft so it would make sense that the prop would di- would dissolve faster than the rest of the boat but not to the point where the prop is completely gone and the rest of the boat is fine. Like they should have just died. Like there's okay. no scenario where that right, works right, out. Right. And not to mention that is the cheapest action scene in the movie because it's clearly shot on a studio lot. It's very, it's very top down, not a lot of background, it's just them on water with some dry ice making smoke and splashing it's, around. It's All not right, a well, great scene. No. If you can but. get out of here with your facts and nonsense, we can get back to stuff. That's yeah. important. No, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So we get, so. we, we get almost to the end where the boat is 10 to 15 feet from the dock and it's not, Oh my God, it's, it is not going to make it. And what happens thunderous wizard? Because this is where, this is where me and you have spent countless nights chatting about Dante's feet. So Ruth jumps out of the front of the boat, (laughs) knocking it backwards before dragging it forwards as she works her way she does a lot of she does a lot of terrible like not even like if i'm getting burnt alive by acid that those are not the noises i'm gonna ever make this is where i jump in again there's an r-rated cut of this where she walks out on fucking skeleton legs with her top half preserved no, 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 no. R-rated version. She walks out with no legs. It's just no, that's what I mean. Nubs. No, back, back it up, back it up. There's an R-rated version of this where it just cuts to the scene with the guy from they got doused in toxic waste and RoboCop, and then she just gets hit by a car and explodes into goo. That's that's what I expected to see. Well, like I did my research. This sh- there is no indication that this was intended to be a hard R, but no. I still believe that. There's a hard R movie in here that would have been better. So, yeah, like I said, Robocop. I love how you're clinging on to that and just not admitting that this is a fantastic movie. Yeah. So, I didn't say it wasn't fantastic. No. I'm just saying <laughs> if it was hard R, it would be more fantastic. And don't, blame don't, don't blame me for fishing. I'll spend my days fishing. Oh, I'm just saying it would have been improved if a, a 6000 SUX had just come flying by and smoked her on the shore. Like right, right when the dock collapses, the 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 six thousand SU actually plows her over and she bursts into goo. That would have been perfect. A lot of this perfect. movie would have been a lot better if Ruth died way early. In yes, the movie. Like, uh, I want to see the Verhoeven cut. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Her we, death we does have, we, spark an interesting question. 
Because Dalton is the hero of the movie, yet she does the most heroic thing in the movie. Should mm. he have let the old mm. lady jump into mm. the pool of acid? Again, mm. yeah. I, I, I think exactly that was her making up for being the dickhead and having to be saved in the first place. It doesn't really pay off, but I think that's what they're trying to give us there is that she she as gives herself up because she realizes it was selfish of her to stay up on top of the mountain to begin with. Redemption guest, by death. As your guest star, here's where I'm going to weigh in on this. She shouldn't have been on the goddamn mountain at all. Like She should have been down in the actual village with the rest of the people. She should have jumped out of that boat because she's a dipshit. And the fact that she jumped out the front of the boat proves that she's a dipshit because she pushes the boat backwards when it's five yards from the dock. They could have floated there in 30 seconds more. It wasn't going to go under. It didn't go under even when they got to the dock. She's an idiot. Yes, uh, I agree with Ruth. Did, Ruth did nothing good but almost kill those kids, if you actually think about it. Nothing... Nothing good happens in this movie from Ruth other than murdering those children. Yeah. They shouldn't have... They, I mean, when I go back to my five points of where this movie hinges, if they didn't go up the mountain to find Ruth, then this wouldn't have happened. This whole movie wouldn't have happened. If they didn't have to drive up the dumb mountain and the dumb ass ash cloud, they wouldn't have had to find that grandma and they would have just gotten out of the town certainly the dog has a point of contention to pick with grandma ruth because he had to survive some hellacious nightmare escape <laughs> through the mountain that was on fire well, we, have, we haven't gotten the, we haven't gotten the dog the escape yet so let's leave the yeah. dog escape for later but yeah. keep going all right so here's where i'm at with grandma ruth it's pretty clear to me she's an awful human being who Agreed. hates the mayor even though her son left the town and doesn't talk to his kids or his mother or his ex-wife, which leads me to believe he also doesn't pay child support, so he's a deadbeat too. It's reasonable to assume that at some point, Grandma Ruth would have crashed a speedboat with the kids in it, killing everyone because she had one too many wine spritzers. So her death is probably the best thing to happen in the movie. (laughs) I'm totally okay with Ruth's death. She's an idiot. She shouldn't have been out of her stupid cabin and like basically putting Harry Dalton at risk because he's so dreamy. Yeah. Uh, let's just take a moment here to say that uh, Pierce is smoldering in this movie. He just, every turn, he's just handsome. I don't know who's I mean, he's the, only, the he's the only thing linking the front to the end of this movie is Pierce Brosnan's dreaminess. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's just just handsome all i mean every every shot of him like he looks over his shoulder the profile shots like he's just his most handsome not a hair out of place throughout this entire disaster he's just dreamy yeah and linda hamilton seems completely uninterested i mean yeah Yeah, she does somehow she she invites more on frank bland parmesan no, I mean, I would, I would. I mean, because it was in the script. I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel it. Linda Hamilton's never been particularly adept at being like overtly romantic in movies. She's I not mean, great at it. Michael Bean has something to say a, about that. There's only one or two scenes in this movie where you're like, oh, they're gonna hook up, and I mean, Brosnan is going balls to the wall here, but. This is even two years before the Thomas Crown affair. Yeah. <laughs> like he really, he really, it was, like, he might it have was used this. 1997. Honed the stone. <laughs> 1997. It, 
Pierce Brosnan was on the screen with another woman any age from 15 years younger than him to 30 years older than him, something was going to happen. Let's be clear, yeah. He was putting out the vibe. He was putting out the vibe. He He wasn't putting out the vibe. He was putting out the Pierce Brosnan. That's just him naturally. (laughs) Put out. I'm going to talk about Mamma Mia later during my recommendations, but he hasn't stopped putting out the vibe. Ever. Where are we? He might not have stopped putting out the vibe. He put on 15 to 30 pounds to the vibe. No. We have a lot All right, to go. so, so okay. there's a volcano, the it continues the, to explode, people scene, keep running, some people die, the movie ends. No, All right, no, so, no. There's, there's so much more. With Ruth sleeping with the lake fishes, they sally forth, and a lot of other improbable shit happens. For example, they drive over a patch of magma, which lights their car on fire. This, to me, was the most inexcusable thing. He's a volcanologist, and he's like, oh, fuck it, we'll just drive over the lava. <laughs> What the fuck is your plan, dude? You mean like live long and prosper? A pe- or live a very short time as we all die in fire because I chose to drive over. I, like, I like how we made it this far into the pod before we talked about the fact that volcanologist was his actual title. Title, yeah. So I, I, the boat scene is the weakest for me and very unbelievable. The lava driving scene... Even may, maybe even more unbelievable, but but the point is though that sh- that scene is shot so well. That's a good and, action oh, scene. Yeah. It, oh. it, that one I can forgive because it's exciting. The boat thing is just like what the fuck am I watching? It's dark. Thund- it's not well shot. Thund- I just agree that this entire thing is predicated on his ability to understand what a volcano is going to do, yeah. and he opts to drive a car with rubber tires over fucking lava. Yeah, right, I so, mean, no, so no, have, no, that, that Suburban have, does not make that. The the Land Cruiser would have crushed that. But you're right, that Suburban have, is an ash heap. Okay. Moving on. Have, so anyway, we, we have four adults here. We can figure this out. Yeah. I, I, sir, am not an adult. Thank you. We, have, we haven't got their Thunderous Wizards yeah. earlier remarks. Certain yeah. facts in this movie don't make sense. Oh yeah, and we're going to talk about that. I do have that as a uh, question once we wrap up but, this plot, but, which is happening in relatively short order. But like the real question is okay. So he drives. Let, let's say he drives that car onto the volcano, and that burns off the rubber. Can he drive off with just the metal rims or not? Not very far. The tires are clearly shredded, and somehow he outraces the cloud, which is other improbable <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, but he that definitely... is passing up the okay. part where the dog appears out of the smoldering woods. This is one of my favorite. This is death. one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite parts. The dog and... is just randomly stranded, without harm, on a rock, and they're like, "We got to pick up the dog." <laughs> oh, there's Yappy or whatever the dog's name is, Yipper. <laughs> and he's like, "We've only got one shot at this." It's like, "No shit, you're driving over hot." But and, and what do you mean one shot of it? I mean, you have no tires. Like, just drive. It, sort of drive the body of the car. The... Yeah, like <laughs> it. It makes no sense that they then continue to drive this car. Well, no, man, they they don't drive it that far. They just drive it back into the town and then across a bridge and then they drive it into the. Thing would do. They outrace the car. Which Harry is like, yeah, fuck it, I'll drive over the lava. It's fine. That's where they lost me. 
I was like, Harry, you are actively attempting to kill yourself and at least three other people in this endeavor. I mean, they had no choice. Anyway, so they they get back down into the Not town. Not drive on the fucking road? They had lots of choices. Back up anything. <laughs> That's when we get the pyroclastic cloud. Uh, makes no sense. According to scientists, I looked this up, you couldn't outrun a cloud to begin with of, of that nature. But particularly with well, a car also, that had no wheels. <laughs> also, this is now, uh, I mean, it, it harkens back to what I said before. I think this is the third time the volcano explodes. <laughs> like yeah, it this exploded thing keeps two more times. It exploded two times before this. <laughs> I mean, for what it's worth, the, the science in this film is not terrible. No. No, it's, it's actually, actually supposed like to be no, exactly, of it's volcanic actually, explosion. It's actually fairly good. It's just ridiculous that they expect us to believe that, like, it's one of those things where you're like, I love my girlfriend, and then you run into a burning building to save her. <laughs> Again, Darwinism. So they escape into the old mine shaft, which is where the uh, fake Joseph Gordon Levitt hangs out and looks at nudie magazines and eats Cheetos. Uh, and this, in the end, they're saved by what may be the least foreshadowed MacGuffin in history. No, no, no that, that's I, absolutely I, I, Chekhov's no. gun. He spent some time with Elf. No, no. Elf no, was, no, this no, thing's no. a piece of junk and doesn't work. I'm going to kick it because that fixes things. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with Captain Cash because unless you can actually name me what Elf stands for, they don't say it in this movie. Uh, yeah. I feel like they don't have to because they call it an elf. No, because they try to limit weight by kicking this thing in the butt and then throwing it to the ground. Yeah. And then later in the movie, it apparently saves everyone's life. So please, 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 Captain Cash, tell me what elf stands for. Echolocation... Elevation, lift, and fuckery. You're doing a terrible job. I mean, that's, I, I, that's listen, you've got to put me on the spot here. No, I'm, I'm going to put all of you on the spot. One of you, one of you, no. Thunderous Wizard, can you tell me what ELF stands for? Can you tell me? Actually, here, I mean, that's a pretty big plot point when they take it off the original piece of shit uh, machinery. The spider. And they don't explain a single thing. They just say, it's from NASA. Yeah, they say, we're testing this for NASA, but I never knew what it actually did. I just knew like, they, they took did... it off. Because Here's it wasn't working. But what wasn't working, I can't tell you. They don't zoom in. They don't show the name on it. So, like, later in the movie, it makes no sense that he's like, we gotta get Elf. So that's literally why I had this question. Because I have no idea what the thing did. Nor what it stands for. All right, so Chumpsilla, we we were stumped. Do you know what it means? I had no clue what the damn thing did. Until he's like, oh, it's a it's a locator. How long has that been blinking? It's like uh, no, that that meant nothing to me. And I just feel like this was a really shitty, uh, like prequel to Goldeneye. <laughs> like I some nonsensical satellite crap. I'm like, whatever. Here's what I'll say. At least they set it up. They let us see Elf. 
it was a prominent thing, and this somehow is how they saved them. It didn't feel Deus Ex as a result. Both well, I just say that I would say that Elf is probably Will Ferrell's biggest sleeper hit. But I mean, okay, that aside, it, I mean, it's very no, Deus. Uh, that was that was absolutely Stranger Than Fiction. The movie's great. Was that a hit though? No, Should not like Elf. Elf. Elf was a hit. In any event, Elf leads to their salvation. They're saved. Dalton and Hamilton, or Dalton and Wando, again have a very, very weak chemistry moment, but they are together. And he's going to take the kids fishing, even though their grandmother just died in <laughs> a lake full of fish. They save them two days later. They notice that it's blinking two whole days later. That's two days Harry Dalton has spent crushed inside a truck with a broken arm that's two days linda hamilton and her kids have been trapped in a fucking mine they've gone through actual hell in the last 48 hours and they just kind of they saved and look it is really weird that they marshaled the level of response that they did given the complete destruction of the town like Everyone is there to save these four people. It's a little weird. It is. And again, this movie could have been much darker. This could have ended like The Mist. That's uh, to, to Captain Cash's rated R point. I think this movie concludes very powerfully if they show up and Harry Dalton is dead and the kids and the, and the mayor are dead. But they say that's town. not my point. But listen, this, listen, this is a fantastic movie, and if you guys don't agree with me, then I will just murder that. That, uh, that, that is our next well, question, so let's get to it. Volcano eruptions are measured by the Volcanic Explosivity Index, or VEI. So on the VEI, how big of a disaster was Dante's Peak? Or, if you're zero. weird like McCheese, and your VEI for Dante's Peak would correlate to an awesome time, then how does it measure? I have a couple of thoughts on this. We'll start with McCheese, and we'll go around. I don't actually know what the numbers are, so just do it on a scale of 1 to 10. Yeah, I need some direction here. So, like, is higher good? Is 10 good? Is 1 bad? Yeah, well, you, you could say it's a 10 in terms of this is a disaster and it's a horrible piece of shit movie, or this is an enjoyable good time 10 that you will have fun with because it actually holds up very well in terms of special effects. So, what do you Fair. think, McCheese? I thought maybe you expecting me to talk about this movie. Yeah. So, where are you at? Like, it's, what is it on the VEI? How? Ex- are you kidding me? It's ten. This <laughs> movie's fantastic. I figured you'd say that. Yeah. Uh, no shit. This movie's great. I I fucking love it. I'll watch it night after night. Move on. Next movie. Okay. I'm gonna uh, give this a uh, five. Like, I will this, fight. I I will literally fight anyone who's going to go below a ten here. So let's I just it's let's think about what your answer is. Bad film. The miniatures hold up. Some of the choices, most specifically the choices that are on the lake and let's drive over the lava in a fucking truck. Where I'm like, eh, I, uh, maybe you deserve to to die for how dumb you are. Okay. I will say this movie suffers from a serious deficiency in its pacing. The first hour of this movie is brutal. 
That's it, why they have the cold open of Dalton's wife dying. It's not, not enough. It's not enough. Like 45 minutes later, you've forgotten that and you still got 15 minutes of crap until the stuff hits the fan. Okay. Now that being said, what I remember of this movie from the nineties is that suburban lava flow truck scene. It's that's, that is a good action scene. It's shot. Well, it's suspenseful. It's a little cheesy when they save the dog, but you like it. It feels good. Like there's nothing wrong with it. And then the movie does okay after that. But the problem is to you get to that point, it's hardly an action movie. Um, so I'll give like the first hour of the movie a three. I'll give the rest of the movie a seven. The miniatures hold up. The miniatures hold up. Well, the CGI and the lava holds up. Well, in fact, I'd give the last 30 minutes, of the movie a 10. If it wasn't for that goddamn boat scene that was shot <laughs> on the back lot, but not enough lighting. And, and the only person that really believed they were in danger in that scene is Dalton. The rest of them are just like, yeah, we're in a fucking boat in the studio lot. Big whoop. Oh, grandma jumped in. Oh no. So on average, you're saying uh, four and a half. You know, it's a sliding scale. I'm going to give it a three and a seven. I feel like he's going straight. He's going straight sevens. I'm with Chumpzilla on this. I'm of two minds. Script, acting, plot, not very great at all. They're like a four-ish, maybe a five. The effects and some of the action sequences towards the end, boat scene notwithstanding, are excellent. The miniature use is excellent. And this movie actually handles like the integration of CGI and practical effects very well, which a lot of 90s movies don't do. So that's like an 8 or a 9. Uh, unfortunately, you have to deal with all the people in the movie. If it was just like an effects piece, it's great. Now that transition is sort of into... Because there is a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of volcano uh, pyrotechnics. So to you, what was the most illogical or nonsensical scene or bit of science in the film? We'll start with McCheese. Uh, I mean, the whole grandma scene is terrifying. <laughs> like, if they didn't have to go up the mountain to get grandma, then nothing happens. It's fantastic. So, uh, here's my issue. It is entirely the choice to drive over the fucking lava. <laughs> You're a goddamn volcanologist. What are you doing? Your tires are made of rubber. What is your plan? What is the... Just drive around. Do anything else. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to take a combination of the two comments here. Uh, I'm going to disagree with Captain Cash. Uh, that scene is my favorite in the movie. Um, although I agree, it doesn't make any sense, but I'm okay with that because that action scene is so good. I, I don't have time to realize how dumb it is as opposed to what Mary McCheese pointed out as his favorite or least favorite scene, I guess that boat scene, the boat scene drags on the action is so slow and the s suspension of disbelief is just enormous because uh, if they're an acid, it just should sink and they should all die. But they're, oh, no, we got to get to the shore. And it's that scene just drags on the sacrifice. I get it. I've talked about it before. Yes, she kind of makes up for being a dick and making everybody save her. The grandma, that is. 
that one I hate it. That seems just so crazy. Yeah. And it's like the second or third time you get the the water is acid thing. If it had been shot better, if it had been more dramatic, maybe I could forgive it. Much like the suburban scene over the lava flow. That was shot well. It was exciting. I enjoyed the dog rescue. As dumb as that is, I still think that was great. Like, it was satisfying. I'm like, that was good 90s action movie. I give it a pass. And by far, that's the best action scene in the movie. Uh, I, I will say the effects are really good for the for the miniatures on the uh, landslide and all the stuff with the dam. But my money goes to that suburban scene. Okay. Well... I agree. The boat scene is just terrific, and McCheese knows how much I hate that scene. (laughs) The funny thing is our seventh grade science teacher even, like, harped about how illogical that scene was. And I never forgot him telling us, like, that was literally impossible. Uh, But it's technically kind of happened in Russia in 1996, a volcanic blast at uh, Karaminsky Lake. And Russia's Kamchatka Peninsula apparently had a toxic chemical soup to it. And this came from a study published in 2013, which I'll link to on the social. So I'll turn my ire elsewhere, and it is entirely the least sensible thing that happens in this movie is them trying to get us to believe that Hamilton and Brosnan fall in love. (laughs) Yeah. So so here's my biggest gripe with... With the boat scene. Hold on. I, I guess you, you make you want to make scientific points. You're going to put stuff on the pod. Here's the thing. Between Dalton and his paddling and Grandma and her submersion, they would have had to have discarded their clothing. There's no way they could still keep those clothes on because they would have been damp. They would have been trapping acid against them. They would have had to have disrobed. Dalton would have had to have got rid of his shirt. Anything that splashed with acid, they had to get it off their skin. So the fact that Grandma's not naked while she's being fireman's carried by Dalton through that movie is probably one of the biggest, like, you know, slaps in the face of science. Hard hard jilf. Let me see the jilf. Yeah. Because if that acid is acid, then her pants are off, bro. Pants off, dance off, all the way. Okay, uh, going on. Mr. Wizard, continue. So I'm off a, my soapbox. In a, in a movie filled with fiery effects, their chemistry is as flat as Grandma Ruth's death moans. Or ass. But I did do a lot of research on this, and scientists believe this movie's fairly accurate, aside from some of like the explosions and uh, volcanic stuff not happening in particular types of eruptions. But they even screened this for geologists in 1997, and most of them left the movie going, yeah, yeah, that's pretty accurate. They were particularly satisfied with the amount of coffee the one guy drank. Coffee! Beer, 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 ale. Hey, I'd like to point out that when Mount St. Helens erupted in Washington, that there was, was this, there were some folks. So sad. Well, no, I'm just saying there were some, there were folks that weren't sure it was going to happen. There, there was some of this back and forth there. And some people died because they were too stubborn to, to evacuate much like grandma. So, I mean, this movie is not like that far from reality. You mm. know, there, there was, that was a legit, you know, hey, we, this might be coming. There were geologists out there testing it. And and some folks, you know, died capturing photographs of the explosion. Chubzilla, people are drinking bleach right now. If a volcano erupted next week, it would kill a lot of people. Okay, now, 
here's the thing, though. That's all I, mean, I gotta say. I'm not worried unless it's going to hurt the economy. So don't bother me with this stuff. I don't don't I don't want to hurt the economy. So don't don't spook the people unless you're completely sure, Mister Wizard. Yeah. Some of you may die, but that and is a sacrifice I'm willing to make. If I have to dump my grandma into acid, you know, in a lake to keep my job, well, I or get my hair cut. I mean, that's a, I guess that's a risk I have to take. Yeah. I mean. I got to get my nails did. What can I say? All right, we've brought it up multiple times for a 1997 film. It does hold up pretty well because of its use of practical effects, highly detailed miniatures in combination with special effects. Now, I found an interview on VF- VFX blog with Patrick McClung, who was the visual effects supervisor of the film. He talked in depth about the different effects used throughout the film, the different big set pieces. I'll link to that on social as well. For you guys, and we know, Chumzilla, you said the driving over the lava scene was the best. So, McCheese, Captain Cash, what scene do you think held up the best? And we know which one was comically bad. It's the boat. So, we'll skip that. But which scene held up the best? Held up the best? The scene that held up the best is, without a doubt, the ash flow, where you can... I mean, you know it's a miniature, but it's still so well done. Where it's the bridge scene, yes, right? Where uh-huh. I would agree with that. That, that it, bridge scene is not bad at all. It's actually pretty awesome, and they had yeah, you know, not bad. That's actually what I was hoping I'd go for. When Dreyfus's car, when he tries to like rev the engine and the wheels are spinning out, that's a miniature. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm. I have nothing to parlay off of uh, Captain Cash's because uh, that's what I was going to go for. Right. And the pyroclastic cloud is a real effect too. They actually had like giant cannons. They shot a concoction of shit out of, filmed that, and then put it into the background of the shots of them driving. So that cloud, which then of course they touched up with different colorations to make it look like a volcanic cloud but that's a real explosion like that they shot uh there's some cool stuff in this interview that i was pretty surprised about it actually made me appreciate the movie more even though i don't really like the movie but there's a lot of technical work that went into it behind the scenes that is definitely worth noting yeah i think we're kind of missing a big scene here we're kind of glossing over it i mean yes i enjoy the suburban over the lava flow driving scene that was a fun action scene and all that but from a technical standpoint the destruction porn of the like the ash flow hitting the town and that the miniatures of that town exploding that that was actually really cool like that did not look cheap at all it didn't have a lot of emotional pull. Oh, I didn't really, I didn't really care that job. I saw the town blowing up, but all those buildings and the brick and the masonry just like exploding as the ash flow t- ran through the town. That was actually a really cool effect. And I can imagine on the big screen, it must have looked really good because it, it looked good today on my iPad. This is a it's a good popcorn movie for that. Like that last 25 minutes it's it delivers on its promise it's yeah. a volcano in all its glory and it looks tremendous which uh you know not all disaster movies deliver on that promise but we're gonna take a quick break when we come back i got a, just a couple interesting facts and then we're gonna do 
a game specific for this movie since it came out three months prior to a movie with a very similar premise, which happens a lot in Hollywood. So we'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. I am your host, the Thunder's Wizard. Along with me are Captain Cash, Chumpzilla, and Mayor McCheese, or Stick. A couple interesting facts about Dante's Peak before we get into our game. This was one of Charles Hallahan's final acting roles. He died November 25th, 1997. Rest in peace, Charles. This is his second time on the pod, of course, because he is in The Thing. Roger Donaldson, the director, wanted to do this movie because he was once a geology student. Okay. And so he was pretty keen on making sure the science was accurate. Here's the biggest casting, what if I found? Lead role of Harry Dalton? Supposed to be Michael Douglas. I think the movie's worse with Michael Douglas. I love Michael Douglas. I think Pierce Brosnan better for this role. He does a great job. Yeah, yeah. hard agree, hard agree. That's that's entrapment, Douglas. I don't know. It's I don't I think he's he's a little bit older than Brosnan, and that's where I think it 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 fares worse for me. He can't smolder He's as hard as Bronson. Years older Brosnan. Than Pierce Brosnan. 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 How old was Brosnan when he did this movie? If he's sixty something now, he was in his forties. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Douglas would have been in his fifties. Whoa! I mean, yeah. maybe maybe forties, maybe late thirties. Jesus, yeah. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, he was looking good. Like it, this was peak Brosnan. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. So the boat scene. Uh, originally, the first time they filmed it, the boat sank, nearly drowning Jamie Renee Smith, who played the daughter. Guess who saved her? Pierce fucking Brosnan. Of course he yeah, did. Yeah, he did. He's actually saved two people that I know of. He also saved Holly Berry on the set of Die Another Day. She was choking, and he saved her. Too bad he couldn't save her from getting the crap beat out of her by Wesley Snipes. Wait, what? I don't think she was married to Wesley Snipes. It was David Justice, right? The baseball No, player. but what Wesley Snipes beat the tar out of her and deafened her in one ear. Oh. Look it up, people. It's a fact. That's... Wesley Wesley Snipes is a monster. Okay, not great. And uh, if you catch the Wilhelm scream <laughs> that takes place, Dreyfus falling into... Yes, dry... yes, I caught that. Yeah. All right, so we have arrived at our game for this week's episode. It's wait. Didn't they just make this? It's can you match the film to its overtly derivative pair? This could also be titled that Hollywood is mostly creatively bankrupt game. So, to preface it, often films of a similar nature are released close together. We mentioned Volcano and Dante's Peak or Armageddon and Deep Impact. So I'm going to name a movie. Your task is to identify the movie that came out within a reasonable amount of time that was very similar thematically. And to respond... You must say, it's a pyroclastic cloud. If a hint Solid. is required, I will provide the movie's tagline and then one other. So if we need a hint, if you get it wrong, right. you're out for the round. Are you ready? You're going to give us the title and a tagline? Nope. I'm going to give you one of the movies. You have to name the movie that was basically the same movie that came out. So, but, but you're going to give us the title of the movie. Of one of them, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So if not, I said, not a tagline, just the title. Yeah. Give us the title. If you, and if then... you need a hint, I'll give you the tagline. Gotcha. Okay. 
Okay, so number one, Olympus Has Fallen, a film about the White House coming under siege, was released in Pyroclastic March. Cloud. Chumpzilla. Uh, isn't that like uh, White Ooh. House Down? Correct. Ah, oh, shit, that's what it was. All right, so mm, that makes me angry. Just like that. Just like these two movies, they came out three months apart. Olympus Has Fallen is by far the better movie. And its sequels are also definitely worth watching, even though they're. Is that the is that terrible. the Jared Butler one? Yes. Versus the uh, hold on uh, the Channing Tatum Channing Channing Tatum. Tatum. Yeah. Number two, in 2012, two variations of the Snow White mythos were released. One was Snow White and the Huntsman. The other was this movie. Anyone? I can give a hint. I'd have had Huntsman, but shit. Uh, Snow White? I need the tagline. Okay, the tagline is one bad apple. I can provide another hint. Uh, well, hold on. Um, am I... Uh, am I? Uh, it's a pyroclastic cloud. Is it malficient? Incorrect. What you is... were looking for a Maleficent. Here's your second hint. It starred Julia Roberts. Oh, no. And she was the evil queen. It, it's a two-word title that are the same word. Oh. What does the queen say? Mirror, mirror. Fuck. But, but thunder. Okay, no points because I had to give you too many hints, but mirror, mirror. Okay, currently Chumpzilla is up one to nothing. Number three, the Jungle Book live-action remake came out in 2016. This darker version was released to Netflix in 2018. Named the it's movie. a pyro cloud! Captain Cash. Mowgli. Correct. Oof. Directed by Andy Serkis. Number four. In 1993, dueling films competed to tell the legend of Wyatt Earp. One was Wyatt Earp. The other was... It's my it's a fire across the cloud! Captain Cash. Tombstone. Correct. Damn. I actually knew that one. The better of the two. Thanks yes. for coming out, fucking Captain Costner. It is now two to one. Captain Cash. And I think we lost McCheese. Yeah, he tried to mute himself and he just hung up. Yeah. He's having a rough time of it. Okay, number five. Both of these World War II films were released in 1998. Both received rave reviews. Both featured an all-star cast. Both were nominated for Best Picture, but somehow lost to Shakespeare in Love. One was Saving Private Ryan. The other was... It's a pirate classic, Cloud. Captain Cash. The Thin Red Line. Correct. Damn. I worked at a blockbuster in 1997, eight. Uh, it's, <sighs> to this day, it's inexcusable. Either of those movies lost to Shakespeare in Love. That's all I'm going to say. It's inexcusable. Uh, I enjoy Shakespeare in Love, but yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Saving Private Ryan. Lost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Spielberg won Best Director that year, so. Yeah. Probably should have won. Number six. This one's tougher. Damn. The next three are tougher. Released okay. in 2009, Defendor told the story of a mentally challenged man who creates a costume superhero identity to fight back against street crime and eventually hunt down Captain Industry. This 2010 movie, eh, though slightly different, follows very similar beats. Name the movie. Is it Fire Plastic Cloud? Captain Cash. Mm. Kick-ass. Incorrect. Ah, damn. But that is close. Those are similar as well, yeah. 
Mm-mm. Okay. Give me the. Give us a hint here, Mr. Wizard. The Whiskey. tagline is "He'll totally fucking beat evil," and this movie was directed by James Gunn. James Gunn. Shit. That was my backup. Oh, uh, it's it's got Rain Johnson in it. Rain Wilson, yes. Rain Wilson, not Rain. Yeah, Rain Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Dwight. It's got Dwight. And, it, um, and it's got oh. uh, Ellen Page. Yeah. Uh, geez, what is it? I, I I know this movie. Uh, uh, super. Correct. I'll give it to you. Yeah. So now it is three to two. Correct. Three to two. Yeah. Oof. Three to my two. Brain. Captain Cash. Number seven. In 1977, this British produced Jaws ripoff was released and featured an aquatic predator most would associate with flips. Higher plastic clouds! Oh, damn it! I know it too! Chumzilla. Piranhas. No! I got it! I got it! I got it! it. Give it to me. Okay, Captain Cash. Orca. Yes. Starring Richard Harrison. It is Orca. Oh, fuck. How's it not piranhas? And actually, like, the Orca in Orca is actually the hero. Are they both right? Isn't yeah, because he's a, right? he's an evil whaler. Yeah, is, exactly. but and he it, kills her but, wife. He kills his wife. But is but wouldn't piranhas also be right? I'm sorry. I feel like that was they're both they're both right. Yeah, but I said known for flips and tomfoolery, which is what the killer. Uh, I uh, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. This one is tough, and I prided myself on this because I'm probably the only person who's seen both of these movies the year they came out. Number eight. Leprechaun, a movie about an evil Irish imp, came out in 1993. Two years later, this film about another malevolent, about another malevolent fairy from German folklore was released. What is Krampus? Oh, oh Captain fuck. Cash. Rumpelstiltskin? That's a movie that exists, and yes, I've seen it. Damn. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I, I did very much Hail Mary that. Uh, <laughs> it's really bad. It's really good bad. work, but I'll post the posters to the social because they're so similar. It's sort of ludicrous. I was going to go straight Krampus on that. I even jumped the gun. Didn't even uh, go pyroclastic cloud. Sorry. It's unfortunate we lost uh, Mayor McCheese because the prize for this game was a Dante's Peak poster, which he's winning anyways, just regardless of the winner of the movie. Of the and, and frankly. Let's just be honest. It would be wasted on Captain Cash or myself, so that's probably for the better. That's fair, but I would have gotten it signed by at least the guy who played uh, not Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Jason Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, the yeah. guy who played Terry, the guy who breaks his leg. Uh, so we're going to take <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll just do recommendations, and uh, we'll let Chumzilla speculate on what our next episode might be. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Hobson Box Office Flops. I am the Thunderous Wizard. Along with me are Captain Cash and Chumzilla. We we unfortunately lost Mayor McCheese to the lava flow. He's no longer everybody pour yeah, everybody pour one out for Mayor McCheese. Pour one out, folks. Listen, the children had to drive to his residence so that we might drive him to safety. He endangered himself and children. He got what was coming. Yeah. yeah so I mean, I, I think I think at this point that means he has to uh, de facto sacrifice himself to a lake of acid. Moral yeah, that's only fair. No, he's the grandma Ruth of the pod. Hey, you know what? I look forward to him joining us again. Like that was good times. Yeah. Minus his legs. Mayor McCheese, we love you. All right. Stay so, safe. Uh, we'll be in touch. 
recommendations, Captain Cash, I'll let you start. What do you got for so, us this week? I don't know when this pod's going to drop, but uh, today, as of this pod's recording, The Last Kingdom is in season four. Uh, the Last Kingdom is on Netflix. It is a, a series basically about uh, the interstitial wars between the Saxons and the Vikings. It is a hundred percent great, and it is the show that is my after the Expanse is my favorite show going right now. Definitely check it out. Okay, Chumzilla. That is yeah, that's high praise coming from Captain Cash there, putting it up there with the Expanse. Um, it's good. So I know it gets, uh, you know, poked fun at a bit on the pod, but I do have my obsession with 1984 Secret Wars, uh, Marvel <laughs> Secret Wars toys from Mattel. Um, <clears throat> and there's a whole story as to why this ended up with Mattel. But part of that story is the fact that the Star Wars license was held by Kenner. And there's a great documentary on Amazon Prime right now called Plastic Galaxy. And it takes a look at the fun and interesting world of all the Star Wars toys from the late 70s through the early 80s and into the 90s. Uh, and how, you know, that whole phenomenon developed with Kenner because it was kind of groundbreaking at the time. That kind of cross promotion of the movie uh, for toys and action figures really hadn't been done before. And certainly not to the level and extent that the Kenner guys went to because you had a toy for everything in Star Wars. Everything you saw on screen for the most part, had a toy. And that was kind of a unique thing. And I really enjoyed it. It's a little schlocky. Um, but That's it's straight up a, the only reason I know who Bib Fortuna is. Exactly. I mean, and, and uh, you know, it's a little schlocky. It's kind of nostalgia porn, but I enjoyed it again. It's a documentary on Amazon Prime, Plastic, sorry, Plastic Galaxy. Check it out. If I may sub-add to that, I recommend Netflix's version of the toys that made us. I would yeah. very similar idea. I would third that. Uh, uh, both great, uh, and the toys that made us, uh, especially. I, I could speak for all of us. Like we played with many of the episodes. Like there's a Turtles episode. There's a GI Joe episode. He Man. Yeah. So it's Transformers. Cool. The movies yes. that made us also awesome. Because I like Die Hard. I didn't see much beyond uh, the that. The Home Alone one was great. I gotta check that out. So, hey, just for the record, listeners, I am in dire need of an on-card Falcon. So, guys out there, anybody that's got a Falcon on the card, I'm thinking about two hundred, maybe two hundred and forty bucks, depending on the condition. Uh, put it up on eBay uh, or offer it to Captain Cash or the Thunderous Wizard. I need so, it though. I Mom, need a when Falcon this, on the yeah. card. When he says Falcon, what he means is the the action figure of the 1980s Secret Wars toy line. He's looking for that Falcon character in the box it was originally shipped in. Yep, factory sealed on card. Help me out, folks. I am so close to having my collection complete, but that one I think is going to turn into my white whale, folks. I am. Uh, I got to find a falcon on the card. I am a hundred percent certain our listeners are not going to be able to help you. I know, you mom. Never I'm know. sorry. Listen, do you have a birthday coming up? If so, you miss a hundred Christmas works. Don't take. I respect yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my recommendation. I gotta go. I'm really disappointed. McCheese had to duck out early because I specifically wanted to recommend something Pierce Brosnan related, 
because his majestic chest hair and angelic voice demand such, uh, which is why I brought up Mamma Mia earlier. So if you're into musicals... Mary Cheeses or Pierce Brosnan's? Both, but mostly Fair. Pierce Brosnan. So if you're into musicals, both Mamma Mia's are incredible movies. They're incredible. If you don't like musicals, and obviously we do because we actually saw Cats... We we potted a lot of outcats, yeah. and I stand by the butthole cut is the best version of cats. But go I, on. I I frankly can't believe I have seen cats. Like I will go to my grave happy to admit to that. Like somebody might you know casually in conversation say, "Hey, good thing I never saw cats, right?" And like, huh? Well, well, yeah. can't say the same. Hmm. Um, Here's what I'm going to tell you. 2020 cats. was a weird time for everybody, and I saw cats. You know what? I like to think that, like, in a different timeline, the worst thing that happened to me was that I saw cats in 2020. Yeah, like, I'd fair. like to live in that world. I'd like to live in a world where that was the worst thing that could happen. Was the, cats. The least darkest timeline? So, if, A moderately dark timeline? Because cats was still pretty bad. That's a fair point. Cats is incredible. If you're not, if you're not in the musicals, though... Watch Final Score. It's a diehard ripoff with Dave Batista and Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Batista's battling to save his kidnapped niece from terrorists who have taken over a soccer stadium. It literally is sudden death with Dave Batista. And soccer <laughs> versus hockey. Yeah. It's free on Amazon Prime. It's not particularly good, but it's dumb fun. And since I oh have, to, God, do I have to watch this. A Brosnan related recommendation. That's it for me. So we wanted to talk about the next pod. And I made the foolish suggestion that we do The Adventures of Pluto Nash because I know the Thunderous Wizard loves that movie. And it is a colossal bomb. But I would be willing to change my mind here if the audience and the listeners, perhaps on a Twitter poll, would come up with something better. So I think that should be uh, a question we pose to the public. Should we do Pluto Nash, or can you come up with a better bomb, A-list bomb it's than a, that? It's a because bomb. this is an Eddie Murphy vehicle that was nothing but sold on his star power, and it was just complete garbage. So, and it's a top ten money loser all time. That's a top ten mm, money loser mm, all time. Mm, mm, so I, mean, I, I think I, I don't think you put it to the audience like that. I think you have to go. You can solicit choices, but I don't know. You can go. You, you can't hold no, a gun I, to the audience's head. No, I, I am. I totally want to hold a gun to their head and say, come up with something better. If you don't, you're getting Pluto Nash because it's a threat because that's a bad movie and it's going to be bad it's, to talk about. It's incredible for the record. It's incredible. <laughs> so uh, remember, folks, you're stuck indoors for a reason. Uh, so if you wake up mopey, uh, just think about how enthusiastic Greg, one of uh, Harry Dalton's co-workers, was to get his morning coffee. It's coffee time. Coffee, 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 coffee. Cappuccino, Java. Yes. And we're out. <laughs>